following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
Jesus. 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 We need you. Jesus. I need you. Lord, I pour out my life. I love you. Jesus. Jesus. You are my only hope. My trust, my confidence, they rest in you, Jesus. To be filled with your fullness. To know you, Jesus, in truth, in righteousness. Jesus. Not in the modern culture, not in Americanism, but Jesus in the primitive church to know you, to be filled to your utter fullness. Jesus, I cry out to you for today, for my brothers and sisters, for each person listening to this broadcast. Jesus, would you come today by your Holy Spirit and would you make a change today? Lord, I am expecting and asking that today on this radio broadcast you would make a change in our hearts, that you would come by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we could be filled with your fullness, Jesus, that we could be filled with your love and your friendship that you would look upon us with great mercy and kindness. Jesus, I pray today for every person that you will touch them now by your Holy Spirit. Go forth, O Holy Spirit of the living God, and gather the hearts of your people at the throne of Jesus, for we have come to meet him today. Jesus, We can't make it without you. I pray in your mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. I know you will move today in the heart of each person. I worship you. I praise you. You are my King and my Lord. You are the majesty of heaven. You are the love of God poured out for us. Lord, thank you. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Glory to the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you. Thank you. I pray. Amen. I went to the gym this morning. I've been recovering from an auto accident where I totaled my car. No one else was hurt, but I was pretty well banged up and jarred. And So I go to the gym and I exercise. I walk a couple miles. I do some light 
weightlifting. And there was a man there that I know. And he came to me and we began to talk together. I know that he has lymphoma. I know that he's in stage four. I know that he doesn't have much longer in this world. I know that he attends church regularly and calls himself a Christian. The conversation, he immediately began to speak about how day by day he works out, but he doesn't seem to get any more handsome. That age is upon him. I listened as he spoke about this until finally I said to him, his name is Charlie. I said, Charlie, don't you know that the flesh doesn't count for anything? It's the spirit that matters. He said, oh, yes, I know that. But I live in the flesh now. He immediately moved the topic to another topic. I listened, and then I pulled it right back. And I said to him, Charla, don't you get it? It's either heaven or hell. And it will depend on how you are with Jesus that will send you either to heaven or to hell. He will make that decision about your life. And you don't have much longer to live on this earth. It really doesn't matter what we look like physically. It matters where we're going for eternity. He said, well, I've really been blessed. He said, I have six children. I stopped him again. I said, are those six children serving Jesus? He said, well, they're all doing very well. Two of them are sort of serving Jesus, and the others aren't. I said, Charlie, how are you going to feel when you get to heaven and your children are not there? Are you concerned? He said, oh, pastor, I know what you believe. I believe I'm saved. I knew what he was saying. He saved in the midst of his sin. He believes in the sinning Christian. He didn't want to talk about that. Topic turned to restaurants that he goes to and likes, the salsa that he enjoys. And I had to leave him. My heart was heavy as I left Charlie. I know he has a very short time on this earth. And I know there is a complete lack of hunger in his heart for the fullness of Jesus Christ. He said, the church I go to, he said, the church is filled with old people like me. Not much going on. I don't know what's going to happen to the church. 
I know what's going to happen to the church. It is like so many other churches in America filled with old people. The young people don't want anything to do with it. They're out making money, establishing careers, establishing families. They have no concept of the desperate need for them to get right with Jesus. And this is what has to change. There has to be a great awakening of our hearts for the need for Jesus. I'll tell you what happened to me last night. I was getting ready for bed. I was praying. And as I prepared for bed, I looked at my leg. I touched it. I said, this leg is just flesh. This flesh will be in the grave. And I began to cry out to Jesus and say, Jesus, you said the Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you are spirit and they are life. I could barely sleep last night. Those words kept going through my mind. The flesh counts for nothing. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you are spirit and they are life. What are the words that Jesus spoke to us? Well, if you look at John, the seventh chapter, verse 55, he says, For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. In other words, these are spiritual words, not physical words. He's not talking about eating as a cannibal his flesh. He's saying, look, enter into the spirit realm with me. For that's where eternity lies. And as you enter into the spirit realm and you surrender your spirit to me, he is saying the flesh counts for nothing, but let me make you a new man in your inner spirit. Let me make you a new woman in your inner spirit. Let me have my way with your life. Let me have my way with your life. Let everything go. Release everything to me. Be totally given to me. There are times when I call a friend, and as soon as I get on the phone with them, I know this is not a good time to talk with them because they're so distracted. They are totally in the world, in the flesh, and they have no spiritual awareness about them. That's not always how they are, but sometimes that's how they are. I don't want to be that way. I want to be filled with the Spirit 24-7. I want to give everything into the hands of Jesus. Now, many of the disciples turned back and no longer followed Jesus when he said this. They said it was a hard saying. Well, let's identify specifically how it's a hard saying. 
It's a hard saying because Jesus is saying, if you get your nurturance and your substance for your inner man or woman anywhere but Jesus Christ, you're walking in darkness. Jesus himself is the one who gives to us in our spirit the comfort we need. It is friendship with Jesus. It is fullness with Jesus. Now when we look at Ephesians, this book of the church, Paul begins to talk to us about what it will look like when we walk in the flesh and what it will look like when we walk in the Spirit what it will look like when we're in friendship with Jesus and we have his fullness in us versus we have the fullness of darkness in us. Chapter 4, verse 17. So I tell you this and insist on it. The word in the Greek is literally, I demand this of you. He's not requesting. He is demanding. He is saying that if you call yourself a Christian, I demand that you act in the way I'm describing. And what he says is that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. It's not because... They don't know. It's because they have hardened their hearts. It's because they have said, this is a hard saying, who can do it? Who can receive all that they need from Jesus? Who can have Jesus as the very heart and center and cry of their heart? That's why I opened this broadcast today crying, Jesus, 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 we need you. Because we're going to die without him. We won't live without Jesus. He must become everything to us. All last week I spoke to you, who is Jesus? And you heard the answer in John the first chapter. Hebrews the first chapter. Colossians the first chapter. All of those three chapters tell us that Jesus is fully man and fully God, that he is the one who created the heavens and the earth. They were created by him and for him. Jesus is everything. He is the ruler of heaven and earth. We will face the judgment bar of God. It's the judgment bar of Jesus Christ. It's a judgment bar of Jesus Christ. And Paul is saying, You must no longer live as the Gentiles do. In the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him, 
and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in your minds, to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. I don't know how to say this to you. Some of you are so settled in to darkness. You know enough about Scripture to claim that you are a Christian, and you even have some evidence of interest by attending church, giving tithes or offerings or gifts. But essentially, essentially, you live the life of a decent pagan, a decent Gentile. There is no fire of God burning in your heart. There is no insatiable appetite, hunger for the Holy Spirit and the fullness of Jesus in your life. How do I even begin to talk about that with you? You say one thing, you do another. You say, I'll be there, and you're not there. You say, I'll do this, and you don't do it. You say, I love Jesus, but you spend no time in the Word. You spend time in the television, or you spend time watching something, or doing something, or you're not hungry for Jesus. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. It's hatred toward God. Many of you today listening to this broadcast still hate God. Don't, don't, don't play shocked with me. You know what I'm saying is true. You want your own life, and you want Jesus too. You can't have both. You want your own way. Which of us has not wanted our own way? Verse 25, therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we're all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Don't give him a foothold at work, and don't give him a foothold with your marriage or with your children. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful in building others up according to their need, that it may benefit those who listen, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now please, this is not speaking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the first chapter of the book of Ephesians, we find that every person who confesses Jesus who repents of their sin, is sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now, you either go on from that point and grow in grace and become utterly filled with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus, 
or you grieve the Holy Spirit. This is the first sealing of the Holy Spirit. You grieve the Holy Spirit so that he no longer speaks with you, no longer convicts you, and you settle into your mundane, boring religion because you've got you've got to punch the ticket, you think. He says, get rid of all bitterness, all rage, all anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. Be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave us, gave up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. When we are hungry for Jesus, and we begin to cry out for the name of Jesus, everything begins to change for us. Everything begins to change. He says, Wake up, O sleeper! Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Now, Tyndall has a different translation. Let me read Tyndall's translation. Stand up from death, and Christ shall give you light. Stand up from death, and Christ will give you life. Now, I want to take you to another passage of Scripture. What I'm, what I'm trying to do today is to show you what it means to be filled with the fullness of Jesus. What it means to be friends with Jesus. The most precious gift I have is my wonderful friendship with Jesus Christ. For that, I'm willing to die. I will not betray my friendship with Jesus for anybody or anything. He is first, he is foremost. He is everything to me. And I'm crying out for more and more of his fullness in my soul until I am totally consumed by Jesus Christ. There are things that we can do. There are things that we can say that cause Jesus by the Spirit to withdraw and break that friendship with us. 
And once that friendship is broken, once we have cooled down, once the cold wind of the devil has blown sufficiently long over our hearts and over our lives, Jesus recedes more and more into the background, and more and more what fills our mind are the duties of the day, the activities of the day. What fills our heart more and more are the crisis of the day, the challenges of the day. And as these things take over, our relationships with other people begin to break and be marred even as our relationship with Jesus is broken and is marred. And we become more and more self-centered and less and less Jesus-centered. Now I know as I speak this message today, many of you listening are backslidden. What do I mean? I mean almost unconsciously you have allowed the things of this world to come into your heart and possess you. So this morning when you woke up, you were not thinking about Jesus. Your cry was not to him. I woke up early this morning. As I said, I could barely sleep. I woke up many times through the night. I was so absorbed by this saying of Jesus in John the sixth chapter that flesh counts for nothing, that it's the spirit that matters. So James is preaching to his church, the New Testament church. And yes, they had fights and quarrels in that church, like they have in every church. He addresses these fights and quarrels. He says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the battles, the desires, the battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. There's nothing more dangerous to a Christian than to want something in this world and not get it. Somehow we think we must have. We must have that friendship. We must have that car. We must have those pieces of clothing. We must have the lifestyle we want. We must have the money. And if we don't have it, we're going to fight. We're going to battle. You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. Now, I'm sure he's not saying you murder. There are many ways to kill a person. Many ways to covet what another person has and we think we need it. 
life is somehow made up of of not getting what you want. You quarrel and you fight because you think that by quarreling and fighting with somebody you can get from them what you want. But in fact, you're only pushing them away from you and you're pushing Jesus away from you. And so your life becomes caught up in bitterness and anger, rage, enmity against God because he's not giving you what you want. It says you do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. I've become very clear on this issue. I do not pray for the full baptism of the Holy Spirit so that I could have a wonderful experience with God. I have a wonderful experience with God because He sent his Holy Spirit and sealed me when I repented of my sin. I confessed my wickedness, and I received Jesus Christ, and he came into my life, and he settled upon me in peace. And as I walk through the world, that peace possesses me. But he's saying, you want more than that because you want to spend it on what you want. No, I want the full anointing of the Holy Spirit for the work of the gospel, for the lost, for the unsaved, for the Christians who are starving to death and don't even know it. He wants us to ask him, for what we can have that can help someone else. Do you ever receive a phone call from someone who is poor and they say to you, I don't have enough money to buy toilet paper. I don't have enough money to buy the medications my wife needs. I don't have what I need. Could you help me? And you look at the money that you have and you recognize you don't have enough to even cover your own needs. What do you do? Do you pray and ask Jesus to cover your own needs or to cover their needs? And then do you take what little you have and trust that the cruise of oil will never run out, that the flour will never run out, even though you pour it all out for this person, you trust that Jesus will resupply you? Oh, now you're talking about walking with Jesus. I'm suspecting that some of you have never been asked by a poor person 
for anything because you never put yourself at their disposal. Friend, friendship with Jesus calls us to be friends with the poor. If you are not friends with any poor people, you are not friends with Jesus. It is impossible to be friends with Jesus and not to be friends with poor people, with people who need. Now, it may not just be poor in money, but probably that's going to be included. There are other ways people are poor. I talk to some people and they say, Pastor, I don't have one friend in the world. They've cut everybody off. They're alone. Because they thought they needed everything and they've grabbed everything for themselves and they don't give to anybody else. Please, have you received everything from Jesus? Have you received eternal life? Can you afford not to give to the poor? How much of your time is spent praying for the Lord to supply the house of the Lord, your house, so that you can feed the poor, so that you can meet the needs of others? so that you can spend yourself or others. When you ask, James says you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And then he says this, and it's so stunning. He says this to his church from the pulpit. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? See, this, this message today is about friendship with Jesus. Let me ask you a question. How do you think my wife would feel about me if I went around looking for other women to pick up? and I committed adultery. Would she be happy with me? Are you kidding? She, she might kill me. She'd say, I'm done. I'm out. I'm gone. Well, what do you think Jesus is going to say when you go to everybody else and everything else and you deny your friendship with Jesus and you demand to have your own way? And you make relationships with wickedness, with darkness. You fill your heart with the entertainment of the world. You fill your mind with the things of darkness. What do you think Jesus is going to say to you? Well, Pastor James says he's going to say, You adulterous people! Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. 
are you an enemy of God? If you are friends with the world, you are an enemy of God. That's what the word says. Do you think that the scripture says, this is James 4, verse 5, or do you think that scripture says without reason that the spirit he causes to live in us envies intensely? Envies intensely. Intense desire. Possessiveness. God wants you. I don't know what your situation is today. I pray that you're not a stage four cancer. I pray that you're not struggling with your heart or your lungs or with a melanoma. But it really doesn't matter what your physical situation is because the flesh counts for nothing. So many people I have loved and known and walked with are now gone. They've died. They're not here anymore. We're here such a short amount of time. And yet we get so caught in our anger and our bitterness and our prejudice, our judgments, our accusations. The Lord is saying that's all hatred toward God. We especially get caught in our pride. Our pride is offended. Our pride is so sensitive. And we, we house that pride in such holy language. Oh, my brother, my sister, God loved sinners. Brother Mark preached for us on Sunday. I'm hoping to share that sermon with you later. He talked about the woman in John 8. The woman who was taken in the very act of adultery. Brought before Jesus. The law says we should stone this woman. What do you say, Jesus? He bends down and begins to write in the dirt the Savior of the world, the creator of heaven and earth, down writing with his finger in the dust of the earth. I don't know what he wrote. Maybe he wrote the names of sins that these men were involved in. Maybe he wrote the names of women that he was, they were having affairs with. I don't know what he wrote. But people walked away. Finally, he turns to the woman and says, Is there no man to condemn you? No, Lord. I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. Oh, that's the heart of Jesus. That's the mercy of God that we would walk away from our bitterness, from our quarrels, from our fighting, from our judgments, from our pride. We would walk away from all of this flesh stuff. And we would be filled with the utter fullness of Jesus and the sweetness of Jesus. 
the strength of Jesus, the glory of Jesus, that we would be filled with friendship with Jesus, not with the world, not with the ways of darkness. Who do you think Scripture says without reason that the Spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely? God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. Well, this broadcast we're almost finished with today. I want to just come back and say to you, we need Jesus. Do you recognize today how much you need Jesus? If you didn't, you probably would have already turned this broadcast off in disgust. Have you cried out today for Jesus? Have you asked him to remove from you fights and quarrels and bitterness and anger? Have you asked him... You ask him to send the Holy Spirit to passionately draw you into the heart of Jesus. Jesus loves you. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. The little ones are weak, but he is strong. Jesus loves you. And he wants you to lay down your pride and your anger, your weapons. He wants you to humble your heart. He wants you to leave behind your friendship with the world and seek after Jesus. He wants you to choose to choose him as the lover of your heart. Jesus loves you. This I know. (laughs) For the Bible tells me so. But I also know it because I'm experiencing that love in my heart. I'm experiencing that mercy and that grace. And I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry for more of Jesus. He gives us grace. He opposes the proud. He frustrates the proud. He doesn't give to you what you ask him for. He makes your life very difficult by releasing you into your own lust and your own bitterness and your own anger. But he keeps calling you to leave it. keeps calling you to himself because he loves you. 
Oh, Lord. Jesus. 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 Come with mighty power. Come with revival power right now. Break the heart of every stony person who is in hatred against you, who is casual and laid back, who is filled with the things of darkness, who is walking in sin against you, who's smoking and drinking and fornicating, whose lust is in their heart, whose entertainment is in the world. Lord, call them out. Call out the drug addict. Lord, call out the adulterer. Call out the one who lusts after money, who is filled with worldly ambition. Jesus, call them out today. Call them out, Jesus. Call them to come out of it, to repent, to confess everything before you, and to say, Jesus, please. Hear my cry. While others thou art calling, do not pass me by, Jesus. But fill me today with your Holy Spirit. Come with mighty power. Deliver your servants today. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, you are everything to me. Have your way today. Flow with revival power in this city. I pray in your holy name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley. I pastor the National Prayer Chapel. You're welcome to write to me. It's always a great joy for me to go to the post office and find a letter. A brother from Frederick wrote to us yesterday. I read his letter with joy. Richard, thank you. Or Leslie, thank you. Or many of the others of you, thank you. You make my heart leap with joy because you're walking with me and you love Jesus. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, that address, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I tell you, we had such a wonderful time on Sunday. God is bringing strong couples and and men, young men, to this house church, the National Prayer Chapel. And some of you have said, Pastor, don't you want to move out of your house and go to another? No, I don't. For right now, this is where Jesus has us. And he's moving in power. He's moving in power. 
If you want to be a part, you're welcome to come. Call me, 703-489-1785. Leave a message if I don't answer. 703-489-1785. You'll be welcome to come. Now, you can go also to our webpage. I urge you to. It's all the past sermons and blogs and videos are all there for you. Go to nationalprayerchapel.com. Nationalprayerchapel.com. You know, it's a joy for me to come day by day and speak with you. I'm eager to know how you're responding. I'm eager to know what your journey with Jesus is like. The only purpose I have in coming is that you should know Jesus and walk humbly before him, filled with the fullness of God and filled with the Holy Spirit, with revival power. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory.